0: In this episode, I'm joined by my sister, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the first season of Arctic Air. Now, this was a Canadian-based show that started in 2012, went for, what, three seasons? Mm Mm-hmm. And is available on...
1: Amazon Prime.
0: Amazon Prime. can never remember what's on where.
1: I Googled it, and the reason it... I don't really feel it's fair to say it got canceled. It's not like it had bad numbers or some network said, nope, we don't want to air anymore. It was, from what I can tell, it was one of those shows that was getting the Canadian content subsidies. Because it was filmed in Canada, it had mostly Canadian cast and crew and all that stuff. And they got hit by some kind of government cutbacks.
0: Oh, that's funny. And it's sad. But-
1: yeah, but it's one of those things where I can't help but wonder if that funding hadn't fallen through. If the show would have continued.
0: Maybe, but I mean, this is one we had talked about, you know, it had been on our radar for a while, but we finally got around to watching it and stuff, and mainly because you had started watching it, and I said, yeah, I'll try one, and I, I liked it. The The premise of the show is it's about a small airline, Arctic Air, up in northern Canada and such, and it's a, I don't say slice of life kind of a thing, but it's the the ongoing you know, adventures of these people in their lives and such.
1: Well, let's clarify Northern Canada. They're in Yellowknight, which if you look at a map of Canada, you look at Calgary, you go north to Edmonton, just keep going north and you'll yeah. get to Yellowknight. When I Googled it, it was saying you're like 30 miles from the Arctic Circle or something.
0: Well, the majority of Canadians live within 100 miles of the continental United States, I believe. This is not those Canadians. Yeah. And this is in, again, small rural Canada and such. And this could have just as, I don't say just as easily, but you could tell most of these same stories in a sci fi setting if these were on a small space, you know, taxi equivalent, you know, kind of service or whatever in the outer reaches of part of the galaxy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they chose not to go sci fi. That's not to say they don't have special effects, because they do a surprising amount of digital effects for the time of the planes flying, the the engine stalling out, or you know whatever, as well as some great photography of out in northern Canada and such. But what I found interesting about this this is a, a ten episode season. I felt the writing was pretty good. Mm-hmm. They had some character arcs that went through. They definitely had some episodes that I felt were a little more emotional than others when we find out what happened to Bobby, the lead character. His father had died, presumably, in a plane crash 20-some-odd years ago, and he finds the crash. Yeah. And then the the final episode of the season where a plane with five people, four of which are, are regulars on the show, or recurring at least, goes down and, you know, do they survive, do they not? And, uh, of course, they end the season on a cliffhanger, so uh, still wondering if they survive or not. But the... This is a different kind of a show in some respects than we would normally be talking about. But part of what's so fascinating about this is it's a Canadian show with the guy who was Colonel Ty in the remake of Battlestar Galactica as uh, recurring as, as a retired doctor in the area. His daughter is played by Letza Doeg from Andromeda, Stargate, Continuum, uh, and the list goes on and on. She
1: was on Arrow? Um,
0: Arrow, Yeah. A number of these people were on either Arrow, the female police chief from Flash on season eight or thereabouts, she's in the show as kind of the office manager of the airline. Mm -hmm. I mean, the number of familiar faces in this cast is staggering, but deceptive, because even some of the people who I've watched the shows they're in, they were more guest star character actor types or whatever, but you look at. The majority of the people in this cast, you go to their page on IMDb, 50, 60, or in one or two cases, what, you said 200 or something for the guy who played Mel?
1: Yeah, 227 credits.
0: These people have been around. They've done a ton of stuff. And you've almost certainly, if you've watched enough shows that were filmed up in Canada, and let's face it, a lot of the shows we all watch have been, because it's cheaper to film there than in the States sometimes you you've seen these people, but not to the point where for the most part it's distracting and recognizably, oh, I've seen this person in a thousand things or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're the character actors. They're the 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 incidental character for you know, the 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 background police chief that they don't spend too much time on in a show or something Ooh. of that sort.
1: One of the people who was in either I think it was the first episode was the mayor in Superman and Lois. Mm-hmm. Mayor Dean. The hotel clerk. Candy. Yes. She was in Batwoman.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: she was the Whisperer, and she had, what, like, eight or nine episodes, I think it was? Mm-hmm. The guy who plays Dev, Stephen Lobo, seven, seven episodes of Snowpiercer, he was in Continuum.
0: Yeah, that's where I recognized. To yeah. me, he's the most recognizable of the character, or the actors and such, because he had such a interesting role in Continuum. Yes, a few of these others, Brian Markinson, who plays uh, Reardon, I think it was uh, Dearman. Dearman, that's what it was. Dearman. He was the police chief in Continuum. He's been in again a ton of of things.
1: He was in The Magicians for six episodes. He was in Salvation for five episodes. Continuum for thirty eight episodes. Sanctuary for four episodes, Dark Angel for six episodes. Yeah,
0: again, these people have been working for in some cases decades.
1: A lot of these people were in Dark Angel. A lot of these people did an episode here or there of Andromeda. Some of the Stargate shows.
0: Well, uh, Stephen Backic guest starred for an episode from yes. Andromeda, and uh, he's done a number of Hallmark movies too. Again, the the level of familiar faces is staggering, and this isn't a you know, kind of a dream role. Oh, of course they took it. It's not stunt casting. It's a solid narrative.
1: Well, it's a great exploration. I mean, it's kind of the modern wa- wild west, if you would. I mean, it's the it's the further reaches.
0: It's it's a frontier story. Yes, yes. they're the equivalent of I don't want to say the stagecoach company or whatever, but they're they're doing the mail runs, the the medical runs, the commuter runs, all the stuff. Not all of them in this area, but they're the lifeblood for a lot of these small communities and such.
1: Well, they're competing with another airline or two. Yeah. So there's the, the struggling aspect.
0: Well, and most of those other airlines, for the most part, are heard, not seen, in terms of they talk about them, but it's not like we see them flying or whatever. The fact that there was another airline who was doing this flight in the final episode that we actually see a pilot from mm-hmm. was kind of unusual But then one of the other pilots is, yes, I know him, I've met him, he was a good guy kind of a thing. It's a small community.
1: Yeah. We did poach a pilot from one of the others.
0: And that pilot was played by Candace McClure, who was on Battlestar Galactica's remake. Jeremiah, what else has she been in? She's been a ton. And again, that's just a recurring character. I, I hope she moves up to a regular in season two or three. Yeah. So...
1: Well, and the stories they tell, they're relatable to everyone not just the frontier mm-hmm. in terms of well it's su- shockingly relatable to when we're recording it in terms of supply chain issues yes but also there's the trying to get oh for the diabetics the insulin mm-hmm. where it needs to be but then finding out that someone put cargo they didn't know about yes. on their plane
0: yeah there was a, a, a drug smuggling aspect that went through a couple of episodes. Yes. As it lays the seeds, it it percolates, it comes to a head and stuff like that. And there was a, a definite arc for, you know, two or three characters in particular for that.
1: Well, and Mel, who he's kind of the face of the airline, he owns the airline, but technically he co-owns the airline with the son of a friend.
0: Well, the son of, of the person he started it with.
1: Exactly. Exactly. He had
0: been away, but now is is come into town, decided to stay. That's the Bobby character we've talked a little bit about.
1: Well, yeah, and, and Bobby came into town. He didn't mean to stay. No. He, he, uh...
0: Well, he squelched somebody else's business deal that he was helping to set up, but the <laughs> other guy was scum. That sets a series of events into motion and such. That is one of the subplots throughout most of the season.
1: Well, and I do love the just how much can someone
0: hate you. Yeah. Well, and how how Mel and and Krista were like, yep, we're starting to come around to his way of thinking.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, one of the things I love about Mel is this is a stressed out, angry man who gives second chances.
0: The, The way I would describe Mel is if you took the skipper from Gilligan's Island and put him in the settings, you'd get pretty much the same kind of a character. Yeah. Father figure- Definitely has a, a bit of a bark, but not much bite because he's yeah. a good guy, but doesn't want anyone to know that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's got a great heart.
0: Yeah. And he he rides the people in his company hard, but he expects the best out of them, but he will stick by them too.
1: Well, and to me, it was an interesting juxtaposition to see him opposite the Zach Ward character, who was kind of the leader of the local uh, mm. native community. Yeah. You know, because Mel doesn't make a big deal about the second chances he gives,
0: no, or
1: the unwillingness to fire someone when he needs to cut expenses. Everything Zach
0: Ward was claiming to be, Mel kind of is. Yes, and Mel's doing it quietly for the right reasons, whereas this guy is doing it very much for a political and monetary gain. Yeah, and there was one scene where Bobby sees him and uh what was my character again Uh, oh dearman dearman at uh, i guess the the hotel or whatever talking business and he basically warns them to be careful who you do business with and one of them asks which of us are you talking to and he's like take your pick
1: (laughs) yes yes
0: kind of both of you are gonna regret dealing with the other but you kind of are made for each other yeah and the way that kind of played out was was kind of funny and the way zach ward's character gets written out of the story had some really dark connotations Mm. Mm -hmm. as much as from what's not said at the end of that episode is is just not implied but it's like it's pretty clear what's going on yeah and whether that's something that comes back in a future season in some way there's the opportunity for it to i just don't know that it needs to but there's also an aspect where some of these characters are struggling with both the second chances, but also the life in, in Yellowknife versus either Vancouver where Bobby was from or out in the wilderness, mm-hmm. you know, because again, we're dealing with a lot of, of indigenous people yeah. and such. And they treat that well, with respect. There are times it's spoken in whatever language they're speaking in, we get subtitles and such. And mm-hmm. there's a definite sense of that community there. mm mm-hmm. And well, it's we've got, interesting.
1: We've got some characters that have come to Yellowknife because this is, by comparison, the big city. This is the educational opportunities. Yeah. For
0: some people, it's the big city. For others, it's it's Nowhereville. Yeah. And people are coming at it from both angles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. And
1: we see that a little with the pilots also. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Astrid who was top of her class, and she was always the best pilot. And then she comes to Mel's Pond, thinking it's a small pond, I'll be a big fish here, but this is Mel's Pond.
0: Well, and the Dev's reply, of, we're all plankton in Mel's Pond. Yes. Kind of, he's the big whale, and we're we're nothing but, but incidental food, if that. Well, mm-hmm. and Dev, who'd come from, from Delhi, to come fly planes. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're trying to make their way up, Get the the time. There are times where the companies had hard times, so do we cut back hours? What do we do? And and how the various people react to that.
1: Well, and if you cut back their hours, you should cut back their rent since they're living in your house.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. (laughs) The other thing that I thought was interesting was when they were effectively poaching Candace McClure's character from the other airline. Mel flat out asks he says, you know, loyalty's a big thing for me. And she's like, oh, you want to know why I'm leaving and stuff? Kind of a, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although I don't know if he actually said that, but it was clear he wanted to know. And she's like, I grew up loving these DC-3s, which is an archaic kind of plane that Arctic Air seems to almost specialize in. And this other airline was getting rid of all of them. And it's like, that's what she wanted to fly. That's what she loves. That's what Arctic Air has. So, you know, and she's former military. So, and, and in that episode... Mel had been going through, it seemed like, at least half a dozen pilots. A few he even got up in the air with, a few he didn't. There There, was one he was was ready to hire. There was one he was all set to hire. He was going to get the paperwork. And this guy interacts with- Laureen. Laureen, the office manager, thinking she's just the secretary. You know, go get me some coffee and stuff. And, you know, hey, I'm a pilot. You got to go do this. And she's she's having none of that. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and he gives the macho male speech of, you know, you need to be nice to me. Look at who I'm gonna be around here.
0: And she's like, Oh, you think that, huh? Yeah, she she gives him a little flack or whatever. Mel comes back in and he's like, Did you hear what she said? And Mel's like, Yeah, I did. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. And there was an aspect where Mel was very much, Damn, I wanted to hire this guy, but yeah, we can't. Yeah. And I love how Mel has some very clear lines that once something gets hit yeah that's it you're gone or you're in deep trouble i will help you out because you're one of ours and Mm -hmm. kind of fallen under his protection so to speak he's again a very grumbly character but the kind of guy you would actually hate to work for but love to work for if you know yeah yeah he would give you a really hard time but he's there when the chips are down yeah and i was really impressed with how the writing on this show quickly and effectively built up and consistently built all of these characters yes i mean bobby being the 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 player always having different girlfriends and all this kind of stuff was set up from the first scene where he gets punched by the town doc or whatever and Dearman's like so you got more friends like that? one or two you know but that's something that plays out all the way through just about that last scene of of the final episode of the season yeah I mean, they knew what they were, what characters they were building, and why, and had those arcs, told that story without ever really seeming to having to reposition somebody or, oops, that's not working, backpedal or something like that.
1: Well, and they walked a nice line with Mel's daughter, Krista. Mm-hmm. She is a respected, integral part of the company. She's not doted on for being daddy's little girl. No. And yet you can tell there is genuine father-daughter affection there. But it's in his grumbly style.
0: Well, and there's just enough butting of heads at times. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, yeah.
1: Well, and I loved the episode where Blake and Krista thought they were going to sneak away for the weekend. Oh, yeah. Without him knowing.
0: And Mel had known for multiple episodes the two were an item. They're trying to keep it on the down low and stuff. So he's basically, it's like, I know- Blake's going to try to get into that airplane and go with her to the lodge <laughs> and stuff, so I'm just going to hang out, walk her to the plane, wave goodbye, <laughs> all that Make kind sure of stuff. Make sure she has
1: a GPS thing that, you know, when Blake tries to join her at the plane, oh, yeah, he he yeah. messed with her every way he could.
0: Well, and when they get back, oh, you came back at the same time. What a surprise, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. yeah. Well, and it was funny because at one point, Mel was hellbent on dropping some stuff off somewhere. I forget if it was the insulin or not. It was. It was. And it turns out he's seeing the nurse at that place, which I don't think Krista's aware of even yet.
1: No, she was aware of it because she uh, she told Mel when the nurse's son, Brandon, ended up in the hospital.
0: Mm, you're right. You're right.
1: I may hate About. The, the kid, but he will at some point realize you'd make a great stepdad.
0: Yeah. Well, and again, that did some... Re- character building for multiple of the characters mm-hmm. the one thing that surprised me about that because that's where the drug stuff started to come in because the nurse's son mm-hmm. overdosed essentially or was, it was tainted drugs i guess it was she had to stay back while mel took the kid to Yellowknife to get medical help because small medical emergency center at best and she was the only yeah. nurse there she had to stay with the other two kids who were going to be coming in with the same problem When she was talking to her son on the phone, I half expected one of those two kids to have just died. Yeah. With the, that could have been my son. It -hmm. didn't turn out that way. They didn't contradict that either. So you could, you can go either way on that. But it sure felt that way. Yeah. And that was as much implied by the writing, but also the cast really sold that, I thought.
1: They sold it all well. And they were clearly building the stakes on the drug subplot that ran through quite a few episodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They were not doing one-off episodic, but they were not doing a serial narrative. They had a nice balance of the yeah. two. So they were things to keep you coming back every time, but not something you'd be totally lost if you missed an episode for the most part. Yeah, I agree. So I thought this was good. Uh, again, the the cast, the number of familiar faces and such that had done stuff before or done stuff since.
1: Yeah. Um, Bobby is played by Adam Beach, who I know from Wind Talkers but he was Slipknot in Suicide Squad, and he was in Cowboys and Aliens.
0: He also voiced Turok, I think if it was for a video, it must have been for a video game.
1: Okay. Krista was Pascal Hutton, who I know from When Calls the Heart, but she did a of Sanctuary, she did two episodes of Once Upon a Time, she did a Smallville episode, oh, and I love this credit, from the 2005 Fantastic Four movie, she was Nightclub Girlfriend.
0: One of them was in one of the Fantastic Four movies is Doorman. I think that was Mel.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, some of these character names, they're just so original.
0: Well, but it goes back to Canada has a very talented pool of actors. It's just not always a huge pool. So you see a lot of these people in a lot of things.
1: Yes. Yeah. Quite a few of them did episodes of Van Helsing. I mean, The Magicians. It's kind of a, if you've watched genre TV, or like you said, anything out of Canada, you'll see familiar faces. And to me, it's kind of fun to see those familiar faces in more normal person next door roles. Less
0: sci-fi settings and such. And again, like the one who played the new police chief or whatever in Flash and stuff, it took me most of the first episode. I've seen her in something where have I seen her? And granted, it was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. They age a little. It's a different play you know stuff like that or whatever so it's really showcasing again the rich creative pool they've got in Canada again acting side writing side also i think the subtlety of the special effects i mean there are yeah. a couple of times where it's okay the only way they're going to film this is computer impose the the plane in and crash it that way or stall out the the flight or whatever that way
1: from what i read they did the majority of filming in Vancouver, mm-hmm. including like the scenes in the cockpit, they digitally filled in. Yeah, the exterior, but even
0: the in the cockpit, it never felt green screened.
1: It didn't. I was so impressed. But then yeah. they did go to Yellowknife for something like ten days of filming because I mean, those huge wide expanses. Yes. Of snow and stuff. There's an aspect of you can only get that.
0: Yeah, there's some in the region. some stuff you had to be in in the area for yeah but again scenic shots for some of that stuff Mm -hmm. it's it's one of those that you watch it and it's nothing oh my god amazing but it's a good easy way to pass the time yeah it's a fun narrative it's easy to get kind of pulled into what's going on with these characters
1: Mm -hmm. it's nice relaxing entertainment
0: yeah yeah
1: and even when there is some tension in terms of like the plane crash that Bobby and Cease have.
0: Well, that was the one where they were finding Bobby's father.
1: Yes. Well, and I mean, that was a Bobby told Cease, we're flying somewhere so that you can, as I recall, do a repair on something. Yeah. And it's, you know, since we're in the area, I think my dad's plane went down.
0: We're going to go do swing by here and check. Yeah.
1: And there's very much a Cease with the, I didn't authorize a detour. You're the mechanic. You don't know well, these
0: things. It started with Cease saying, what about this? What about this? And why are we so far off course?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Well, and Cease, Timothy Weber was in Cedar Cove. Yes. He was in Once Upon a Time for an episode or two. Definitely character actor type, but fantastic.
1: Yeah. Uh, he, was, oh, he was in Legends of Tomorrow. He was the proprietor when we kept-
0: The time looping. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you've seen some of these actors, even if you don't remember them, mm-hmm. and to a degree, that's how good they are. Yes. When they're in the type of role that needs to just fade into the background, yeah, they're not ones that are are trying to steal the scene or anything like that, but to get so many of them together and and just tell a good story.
1: Well, and in terms of emotional impact and delivery, I really think the episode where they found. The plane that uh, Bobby's dad had been flying?
0: Yes, Silas. Yes. I thought that one was a very emotional issue. Uh, yeah. Again, the, the final episode. Both of those having a, a father figure and a plane and things not going well, though. A little bit of a, a trigger thing for me. But yeah,
1: yeah. I, yeah, I can't think of the name of the character, but when they found the old guy, the native, who had been oh, walking yeah, from Yellowknife.
0: Yeah, that was the Blizzard episode.
1: Yes. Yeah, That's
0: one where you kind of had to be there to film some of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that one, Bobby did a good job. Adam Beach did a good job as Bobby with the the torn between I get that you want to choose where you end your days and everything, but your family is back in Yellowknife worried about you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's one that I hope they touch on uh, in season two or three. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Because there's some, some open loop on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of the storylines were bad. There were a couple that I felt tugged at the heartstrings a little more than others. And, but no, oh my god, come on, really, you're going there? It didn't feel soap operatic, although there was the who's sleeping with who at times. I
1: was gonna say, the closest they got to that for me was Dev and Trudy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Dev's whole story of his romantic entanglements get pretty entangled. Yeah, And there's, yeah. There's some humor to be had there, but also some, oh, come on, you got to feel bad for the guy.
1: Yes. and But they play it well to yes. get to that, you feel bad for the guy. And I think in a lot of respects, almost everything with Dev, they pull off and they play well.
0: I'm curious what their plan for him is in seasons two and three. I hope he sticks for all of it.
1: In an odd way, for me, he's a coming of age story.
0: I think so. It's... I mean,
1: he's, he's older, than your typical character for coming yes. of age, which yes. is why I say odd
0: way. And it's not coming to the big city kind of coming of age, but it kind of sort of is. I mean, he's
1: he's losing some of his innocence.
0: Yes. He's finding himself.
1: He really is. He really is. And part of what really worked with him in the final episode was set up in the episode where he was pilot and Astrid was co-pilot. Yes. And he was saying, but your job as co-pilot is this.
0: Well, that showed some growth both for him and for Astrid.
1: Yes, yes.
0: How they handled how the landing kind of went down and such, why it went down the way it did, and the arc those two had in that episode.
1: But then we get to the final episode and now he's in co-pilot chair. Yep. And he's doing for Bobby what he had been wishing Astrid would deliver for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was some good stuff.
1: Yeah. I think it was better thought through than a lot of shows I watch.
0: It would not surprise me if they had written, or at least broken down the entire season before they started shooting. This did not seem like a, let's put a pilot together, and if it goes, we'll run with it. Mm -hmm. It's, here's what the arc's going to be, and thought it through. Not to say it didn't meander a little or change as it went in terms of what they may have had to adjust to. But there are a lot of shows where they start out with an extraneous character or somebody just fades away from the pilot or something like that. Mm-hmm. This felt like it had a, a cleaner trajectory. And I yeah. respect that. Yeah. And again, this is on Amazon Prime. So if you've got Amazon Prime and you're looking for something just to, to watch a couple episodes of or whatever, it's easy to watch. I'd say start at the beginning, but you could probably jump in anywhere or mm-hmm. take a break for a couple of weeks or months or whatever and come back to it and stuff. Yeah it's again I, i'm finding it enjoyable i want to see what happens next yeah me too anything else
1: i think that does it
0: cool the show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode thanks for listening